up to Proverbs 17. We ended with fasting here a couple weeks ago. We went on a church-wide fast in parts of January, just significant things. Um, and a couple weeks ago, just in studying the scriptures, it jumped out me after me there in uh, Isaiah 58, verse 9, that our words have been wickedness. We spoke things that weren't right. And so we've gone on a fast on our words. Now, once again, that does not mean to abstain from speaking but it has been this, that we become very careful of what we can or can't say. And the last few weeks, we've, we talk about, I've got to begin to speak the things of God over my mouth. Just release those things. Get, in, get my mouth in agreement with God over and over, okay? Now, it's important that, that I speak in line not only with God's word, but I believe that my word should rise to the level of God's word. Now, that's not going to happen overnight, okay? But that doesn't mean I can't do it. I've got to keep speaking the word of God and I keep speaking it. Now, one of the definitions of James, it says is to bridle our tongue. That word bridle means to pause. It means to contemplate before I speak. And I believe it's important for every one of us that we learn to pause. That we learn to, to contemplate. That really a better definition would be learn just to hold my tongue. Because Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if death and life are truly in the power of my tongue, wouldn't it be important that I really contemplate what I'm fixing to say before I just let words fly off? That's why James himself said in James 1, 19, be swift to hear and slow to speak. Now, we're going to begin in Proverbs 17. Begin with me in verse number 27. It says, he who has knowledge spares his words. One translation says, he avoids excessive speech. Limit their words to only those that are positive. Now, if you've got a problem that you talk too much, you need to get a hold of this, okay? And some of you, I realize that's part of your personality. You love to talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to put it in my paraphrased edition. Shut up, Okay? Just learn to be a little bit more quieter. And you'll see this in the Proverbs here. This is what he gets to. He goes on to say, And a man of understanding is a calm spirit. Listen. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. He is considered a man of understanding. When he what? When he learns to control his tongue, the very things that he speaks. I believe this is talking to every one of us in here, okay? that we become very deliberate, very thorough with what we say or don't say. Turn a little, a few pages to Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Actually, it keeps his soul from troubles, plural. Now, when I look at that, you want to keep your soul from troubles? Begin to pay attention to what you say or don't say. And many times growing up, guys, we do not understand the power of our words. But I believe he's telling us here, you need to calculate in advance what words you say or don't say. Whether it's, it's little things or big things. I've got to pay attention what I say. How many of you have ever heard this, talk is cheap? That's a lie. Talk isn't cheap. Talk is expensive. And it's real expensive when I don't line up with the Word of God. Now, 
Go with me back in the New Testament. We're going to be there for a little bit this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. And if you were here last week, we talked about that even in the physical realm that you begin to grow physically. And maybe this will help you. You may remember when you were a little bitty, your, your parents would put you on the wall and put a ruler. They'd mark it. They'd write the date. And then three months later, they'd put you up there and see how you've grown. Well, anything healthy grows. Even like a child, you know, from the time they're a kindergartner to a first grader, you see their reading level goes up, their speaking goes up, they learn to tie their shoes, just certain things as, as they grow. Well, I believe there should be some things in our life that reflect we're growing spiritually. In other words, when you get born again, you shouldn't stay that way. 20 years down the line, you've been born again, and you're still in the first grade classroom. Something's wrong. And so really, there should be some fruit in my life. Now, I believe Paul's going to give us a little bit of insight here, just in this one verse, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. So the characteristics of a child is he's going to speak, he's going to think, he's going to understand, and he's going to reason as a child. But... When I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, many times in the natural, when you look at life, as human beings, we think we reach manhood or adulthood. Maybe when you get your driver's license. I'll have teenagers say, I'm a man. Well, how's that? Well, I got my driver's license, yeah. Or when you hit 18, I'm a man. Well, how's that? Well, I can vote now. I'm a man. Okay. Or 21, that's a big one. But we locate things in the natural that way. But think about this, what he said spiritually. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, if you'll note in that verse, five different times he uses the word I. So he's telling me there that I got to do something. I got a purpose in my heart to change the way I speak, the way I think, even the way I reason, and in the spirit realm, that's how I become a man. That's how I become a spiritual woman when I become mature in those areas. Now, it's easy for every one of us just to yak, just to say things without even thinking. Anybody can do that. But I believe right here the Apostle Paul is trying to make us of aware, be careful what you speak, and be careful what you think about. Now, let me give you a scripture for that. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it in there and day and night. You shall think on it day and night that you may observe to do all that's according to written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. How many of you in here want to be prosperous and have good success? Every one of us. Did you hear what he said? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So you know what that means? i got to speak the word, and i got to keep speaking the word. How often, Pastor? Again and again and again and again and again and again. It never ends. i got to keep speaking the word, and i got to get this in, in my mind too. Now, in reviewing a little bit, Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth speaks. In Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10, it says the word of God is nigh thee or near thee in your mouth and in your heart. That's the way that leads to salvation. Now, I believe this is how the kingdom of God works. 
Turn with me back to your left to Romans chapter 4. We're going to bite off a little bit more today. And what am I going to share with you today is what I believe is Christianity 101. The fundamentals of faith. Now, this is how all this is birthed, guys. It was a few weeks back there in prayer. The Lord began to speak to me just real hard to my heart. And he said, you've got to begin to teach on lines that you cut your spiritual teeth with. Now, what I'm going to begin to share with you guys is stuff I learned 30 years ago about how I've got to speak the word out of my mouth. And watch what begins to happen. Now, this is important that we understand this. Romans 4, verse 16. The Bible says, let you have ears to hear today. Listen, okay? Get this. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Now, sometimes the Bible can be a little wordy for us. But the faith part, guys, that's up to me. That I've got to get over in faith where I believe God and I trust God. Now, you'll hear me reference this a couple times today. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You're going to have to keep hearing the word of God. But when I hear the word of God, it's going to create faith. The grace part is God. Grace is, is an empowerment. It says that the grace of God is sufficient. So guess what? God's going to empower you, but i got to hook up by faith. So he goes on to say, so that the promise, and the promise was found in Galatians 3.22, and the promises were that of Jesus, that it may be sure or certain to all the seed. Not only those who are of the law, and that's talking about the Jews, but also those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So you know what that covers? Every one of us. Doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, okay? We're all covered under this. Verse 17, now this is, this is a key right here. As it is written. As it is written. Now what is he talking about as it is written? He's talking about the Bible right here. It's important for every one of us to find what is written right here in this book. Daily. As it is written... Father God said, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, he was talking to this man named Abraham. And God said to Abraham, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. Now, when God said this over Abraham, that looked the farthest it could from truth. Abraham didn't have any kids, none. And God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And you know what Abraham could have done? He could have laughed and said, yeah, right, God, sure. Sounds great. But he said, I've made you the father of many nations. Get this. In the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead. Now understand, God is the God who gives life to the dead. I don't care who you are. The dead things in your life, God can cause them to be alive. Now, how does God call the dead things to life? Look what he says here. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now notice this verse did not say he calls those things that are as though they don't exist. It said he calls those things that don't exist as though they do. Now God right here, he's not denying the obstacles. He's just saying the things of God go above that. How did God himself do that? Well, if you went back to Genesis chapter 1 and God said, 
let there be light. And what happened? And there was light. So when God said that, he called that thing that didn't exist light as though it was. Now, many times as, as human beings, you know what we would say if we begin to do that? A lot of people say, well, that's lying. You're lying. That's not the truth. What did verse 17 start with? As it is written. So every one of us, we've got to find in the Bible where it's written, and then we begin to speak out what it's written. Listen what the Amplified says right here. Oh, this is good if I can find it. Where are you at here? Oh, it's in there somewhere. He speaks of non-existent things that God has foretold and promised as if they already existed. Let me tell you how that works. Last week I shared with you some areas of my life that I struggled with. One was an area called sleep. I didn't sleep real well at night. I slept, walked horribly. I mean, my mom and dad are, they can tell you, I was all over the house. I mean, just bizarre stuff growing up. I mean, even as I got older, man, I could walk outside in the middle of the night all over the place. So I found where it was written. Psalms 127.2 says that God gives his beloved sleep. So you know what that verse right there was? That was my title deed. The word of God becomes my title deed. Anytime you can find where it's written, you can always tell the devil it's finished. So when the devil comes to you and say, that's not going to happen, you say, it's written right there. So Psalms 127.2, it says that God gives his beloved sleep. That's me. So what did I begin to do? I begin to pray Psalms 127.2. I begin to say, I thank you, Father God, you've given me sleep. Now, you know what that was doing? It was calling that that didn't exist as though it did. And so all I was doing was getting my mouth in agreement with the Word of God. Did it happen the first night? No, it didn't. How many times I got to speak it? The rest of your life. Keep speaking the word. Speak it over and over and over and over again. Now there's dead things in your life right now. Things that seem hopeless. Begin to find scripture that pertains to your life. I don't care if you've got to write it on a three by five card. If you've got to highlight it in your Bible. Begin to get your mouth in agreement. And you know what you're doing? I'm calling those things that don't exist as though they are. But it's based on the word of God. God said that. I didn't say it. So what have I done? I've caused my mouth to get into agreement with God's word. Let me give you another illustration. Many of you know this. And as long as you go to church here, some of you are going to say, I've heard this story a hundred times. Well, you're going to hear it probably a thousand times. This was weaknesses in my own life. You guys know I struggled in the area of alcohol bad. I mean bad. It, it dominated me. I found in Colossians 1.13, it says, that God has delivered me out of the power of darkness. Now that word has is, is past tense. He's already done it. Jesus has delivered me from the power of darkness. Well, the darkness in my life was alcohol. So guess what I begin to do? I begin to pray. I begin to speak. I thank you, Father God, you've delivered me out of the power of alcohol. What was I doing? I was calling that thing that didn't exist as though it was. And you guys were saying, yeah, but you were still a drunk. You're right. But I kept speaking the word of God out of my mouth. 
Guys, I wrote it on three by five cards. I had it all of That's why those, those scriptures will just flow out of me. Because it's happened for years. On sleep, it's Psalm 127.2. It's, it's Psalm 4 and 8. It's Proverbs 3.24. It's Ecclesiastes 5.11. These things will just begin to roll. And what happened over the years? I kept speaking. And I kept speaking. And I kept speaking. And guess what? Before long, something began to happen on the inside of me. And all it was, guys is I got my mouth into agreement with what Father God said. It's important. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you need to find Scripture and begin to speak it. And begin to speak it. And you've got to have bulldog faith. You know what bulldog faith is? You latch down on that. You bite it and you don't let go. You hang on to it and say, "Uh uh-uh, in the name of Jesus. Keep speaking it. Pastor, when's it going to come to pass? I don't know. I'm not God. Just keep speaking it. Now, look what happens here when he calls those things that don't exist as though they did. Verse 18. Who contrary to hope, and what he's talking about is ordinary human expectation, who contrary to hope, in hope. Now, Abraham's hope was an expectation that Father God would do what he promised. And he says, in hope, he believed so that he became the father of many nations. Now remember, God said to him, I call you the father of many nations. But how did it happen? Look what happens in verse 18. According to what was spoken. According to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. So Abraham believed what? What God said about him. You know, in the Old Testament, Joel chapter 2 verse 10 says, Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the weak say I'm strong. Psalms 107.2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So you know what I begin to do? I just say what the Bible says over and over and over again. Psalm 116.10 says this, I believed, therefore I spoke. What did he speak? What he believed. It's important that you begin to get a hold of the Word of God in every area of your life, and say, God's written word here, guys, is his decree. So what do I got to do? Start declaring it. Start speaking it by faith. And sometimes there'll be scriptures that will come alive to you. And you'll say, that's me. He's describing me. Get your mouth into agreement with what God says. Get your mouth over there. Keep reading with me. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Listen to what it says. Already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. 190 and still having kids? Are you kidding me? I'm in my 50s and that twists me right now bad even thinking about that. But I look and I think, you know what? He's telling me here, no matter what it looks like in the natural, The Word of God is your title deed. The Word of God is not locked in because of this natural thing called earth. Now what this is telling you guys here is I've got to learn to cooperate with God to bring what's in the spirit realm into this natural realm. Just exactly what happened here with Abraham. Verse 20. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And he just started giving glory. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Woo, I sleep well at night. Thank you, Father God. Alcohol has no dimension. He started giving glory to God. For what? 
thing that God had promised to him. Verse 21, and being fully convinced that he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for Abraham's sake alone that it was accredited to him, but also for us. Also for us, that it should be accredited to us who believe in him. And what he's telling me right there, exactly as what he did for Abraham, he'll do for you and me. But I've got to begin to get my mouth in line with the word of God. I've got to begin to speak it. Now go back to the book of John to your left there. John chapter 11. John 11. Now you're turning there guys, I'm going to tell you. Giving new life to dead things. Let me ask you a question as you're turning to John 11. Are there things in your life that you feel like there's no hope for right now? Some of you can say, it cannot change. There is no hope. Let me tell you, there is hope. And God will begin to move. He will begin to help you. Let me give you a couple of true stories here. One of the guys who will speak at the Men of Iron this year, and you'll see his face up there here before long, named Rick Burke. Rick has three kids, and when his oldest boy, David, was born, after a couple of years, like kindergarten and first grade, they called him and his wife in and said, your son has some learning disorders. Your son is, is right on the line of being retarded. Now, as a parent, that could rock you. That could rock your world. So Rick had the opportunity to say, well, I guess this is how it's always going to be. Or he could begin to call those things that don't exist as though they did. Now, where would that be? He began to speak over his son that, that he had the mind of Christ. He said, I thank you, Father God. My son David has the mind of Christ. I thank you according to, to Philippians 4.13. He can learn. He will learn. And you know what? They wouldn't give up. They kept speaking. They got that bulldog faith and they grabbed a hold of it. Do you know right now, that boy who years ago was told, you're on the verge of, of never learning being retarded, he's fixing to graduate from college. And I say that to tell some of you parents, I don't care what it looks like in the natural. Begin to speak over your children those things that be not as though they are. Begin to call on these things. It's important that we understand God will move, but I've got to keep speaking. Some of you look at me like, you're crazy. I tell you guys, I've done this over and over. Stir me up. Now, here in John chapter 11, there was three siblings. Mary and Martha, and they had a brother named Lazarus. Well, Mary and Martha, they called Jesus and said, listen, Lazarus is sick. He's in bad shape. Would you come? So Jesus says, yeah, well, Jesus decides to stay where he's at for two extra days. So after two days is up, Jesus looks at his disciples and said, hey, boys, we got to go to where Lazarus is. He's asleep and we'll go wake him. So the disciples said, well, if he's asleep, he must get well. And so Jesus looked and really had to say, listen, dummies, he's dead. He's D-E-A-D. He's dead. He's flat out dead, okay? Now, this is where this point uh, story starts. And I'm going I'm to break it down and move real quick. John 11, verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So you know what Mary is saying, basically? There's no hope. Sorry we bothered you. 
Go back home. God, go back to wherever or whatever you were doing. He's dead. Same chapter, verse 38. Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Jesus said, take away the stone. Now, this, this is a curiosity of mine. If Jesus could raise someone from the dead, why did he tell these guys, go ahead and roll away the stone? You'll see in just a minute why I believe he did. He goes on to say, Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench for he's been dead for four days. So Jesus strolls up and says, roll away the stone. And this sister says, don't do it. He stinketh. He's stiffer than a board. What do you not understand? He's dead. There's nothing in that cave that's going to be good. But look at Jesus' response to her. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? In other words, shut up. Hook up with me here. I'm just looking for someone to jump on board and have some faith. Now the reason I say that is a lot of times, guys, when there's things in our life that seem dead or they seem hopeless, we don't have any action. You know what our thought as human beings is a lot of times? Nothing we can do about it. Why pray? He's dead. Why speak the name of Jesus? Why speak the word? And so Jesus gives us a little insight. But look what happens in verse 41. Then they took away the stone. Now I don't know who the they were. But you know what I believe? By these ones that acted and obeyed on what Jesus said, they ignited a miracle. Even though everything in the natural, he's dead. He stinketh. He's stiff. He looks like a mummy. He's all wrapped up with junk. But you know what they said? If Jesus tells us to do this, let's just do it. Let's just step out. And I believe Jesus is always looking for ones that will just step out, even in dead situations. And so look what happens. So then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come Fourth, excuse me, Jesus, he's dead. What did Jesus just do, guys? He called those things that didn't exist as though they did. We saw where Father God did that in Genesis 1. We saw where it happened with Abraham. You can go over and over and over in the New Testament and you find out that through the Bible, you call those things that don't exist as though they did. You begin to speak to the dead things in your life. Now go to the book of Ecclesiastes 37. Way back there. Ah, not way back there. You'll go, you'll come to Daniel. Once you get to Daniel, getting close. Ezekiel 37. So you know what I think the Lord's telling us? Stir yourself up in faith and begin to speak the word of God to the dead areas of your life that need resurrection. What seems hopeless in your life right now? And I'm going to tell you, find the word of God and begin to speak it. Begin to speak it. You know, growing up in school, guys, I, I didn't ever make real good grades. I mean, I don't even think I was the valedictorian in my kindergarten class. I don't think that ever happened. I mean, my motto was C's get degrees. 
There's an enemy called average too, and that was it. But as I started going to college, I realized there were some times I got in over my head. But I began to speak this. I thank you, Father God. I can learn. I thank you, Father God, you're helping me. Even in these math classes, even in these ones that everything in the natural, I look like I'm in over my head. I just kept speaking. I thank you, Father God, you're helping me. I thank you, Father God. I trust you. I can. I can. See, that's some of you where you feel like I failed in certain areas of my life. Start speaking the word over those areas. And it'll pertain to anything in your life. This will give you a great picture right here. This will help you. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Now that's not a real good picture right there. Really, if you look at that, it's one big mess is what it is. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. Behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. Now not a good future. Didn't look good. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So Ezekiel answered, oh Lord God, you know. Now, when he asked Ezekiel this question, you know what I think Ezekiel's thinking? No way. It's impossible. This is a horrible situation. Even as bad as look, everywhere he looked, everything was dead and dry. But look what happens in verse 4. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say or speak to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, Ezekiel, I think, is probably for me, and this is foolish. This is crazy. He wants me to begin to speak to all these dead bones, these dry bones, and really, you know what he's telling him? Call those things that don't exist as though they do. And you know what their problem is many times as human beings? We would rather speak and confess our problems and our circumstances instead of the Word of God. It's not working. It's not working. I, I can't ever do that. You know what? I never get a break. Nothing good ever happens to me. I don't have any friends. My kids don't have any friends. See, many times we're connected more to the negative, to the circumstance and the problem. And this is what I'm talking about. We've got to get a hold of the Word of God. Quit speaking the problem. Start speaking the answer once again. This is my title deed. This is, you know what? I could say, man, I got a brand new red Corvette out there. And some of you would say, let me see it. Well, I don't have it with me, but I do have the title. You know what the title means? He really does own it. He really does have one. This is my title, even though you may not be able to see it yet. So he goes on to say, and he says, Speak to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter to you and you shall live. I will put sinews or tendons on you and bring flesh upon you, cover with skins, put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came to bone together, bone to bone. So here's O Ezekiel. He obeys God. God says, speak to those bones. And all of a sudden, all those dead bones, they start snap, crackling, and popping. 
And I bet Ezekiel's eyes started getting like saucers, like, oh my gosh. It's happening, just as he said. But he had to step out in faith, because no matter how foolish it may sound or seem, he started speaking. He spoke. Verse number 8. Indeed, as I looked, the tendons and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Uh-oh, all this rattling, but they're still dead. So what do we do next? Verse 9. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. In other words, he challenged him. He says, listen, dude, call those things that be not as though they are. Speak to them again. Don't give up. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Now, can you imagine this scene? Here's a guy that all he's seen is all this death and everything's dry and all of a sudden he starts speaking to these things and everything, all these dead areas become resurrected. I believe this is what the Lord's telling us. What is dead in your life? What seems like it has no hope? Maybe at your job. Maybe some of you, your marriage, everything in the natural says it's dead. What would happen if you begin to speak the word of God over your marriage? I don't care how bad it looks. Well, Pastor, all I've ever done in life has failed. It's not what God's word said. God said you can. You can do all things. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. Where's that? Revelations 12, 11, uh, Romans 8, 37. Every one of those say these things. And so what I'm telling you guys is you've got to begin to call those things that be not as though they are. Begin to stand. Do you know, it wasn't that many years ago, right here in this church, there was four straight months that we didn't even get close to making payroll. I mean, not even close. And so for four straight months, just to pay my staff, I drained every account I had. I didn't have any money. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't go around with my thumb in my mouth saying, it's not fair. God, do you not see? You know what we begin to speak? Philippians 4, 19. I thank you, Father God, you're supplying all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I thank, Father God, you have, you are, and you'll continue. I thank you, Father God, you're blessing us. And you know what? It wasn't easy. I, I believe this is even what the Apostle Paul told Timothy. He said, listen, buddy, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. And a lot of times we would rather roll over and say, God's not doing anything, instead of us rising up and saying, I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to speak the word. And many people don't want that responsibility. I'm going to tell you, you begin to speak the word and keep speaking the word. Watch what will happen. God will begin to move. Why? I got the title deed. Get your mouth in line with it. Stand up on me. And I hope this is helping you guys. My goodness. You guys are looking at me like a cow at a new gate. 